0: Hey everybody, Anson here. Just a quick note to let you know that this episode contains some strong language and adult themes, which were kind of hard to cut around this time, so we don't have a beeped version for you. And that means that if you have children in the room, this might not be the episode that you want to listen to right now. Okay, here's the show.
1: My show is a rock vaudeville, so Groucho would come to see the show, and he'd go, oh, it's vaudeville.
0: Welcome to The Well, I'm Anson Mount. And I am Brandon Etchens. And today we're bringing you part two of my interview with the king of shock rock, Alice Cooper. If you haven't listened to our first part, make sure you go back and listen to that before you listen to this one. But, Brandon, as I was interviewing Alice, um, this interesting little tidbit popped up in the conversation that uh, even more than hearing that that Alice was a semi-pro golfer, this one blew me completely sideways. And this is maybe the coolest friendship, Hollywood friendship, I've ever heard of in my life because Mm. it is so shocking and perfect at the same time. And I'm just going to go ahead and play it for you. Here we go. What is the craziest round of golf you've ever played? Played with Groucho. What? Groucho
1: was a good friend of mine. He played with Groucho Marx? Groucho Marx and I were good friends. And he played at Hillcrest.
0: Get out of in here. In
1: L.A. No, I used to, I've got tons of pictures of me and Groucho together. He used to. <laughs> we used to go to a restaurant together and we'd sit down. And it was his birthday. I took him to the polo lounge. Uh-huh. And he'd sit down, and he would look at the waiter as loud as he could say it. He'd go, what kind of drugs do you have? And I'd go, don't, don't, no, no, don't, don't. And then he would say to me, excuse me, Alice, he said, I've got to, or Coop, he'd call me Coop, he never call me Alice. He says, excuse me, Coop, he says, I've got to go insult the maitre d'. And he would get up and go insult him, you know, and you'd see the guy go like this. Groucho was sharp as a tack at 86 years old. Wow. Could just destroy you. But... I used to play with those guys. <laughs> That's perfect.
0: <laughs> That's incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it's just a,
0: just just a quick uh, quick aside for for anybody who's who's still tilting their head or, or is probably too young uh, to know who the Marx Brothers were. But the Marx Brothers were, gosh, they're just foundational in Hollywood in what has become. I, there would be no Monty Python mm-hmm. without the Marx Brothers, and uh, I, I was very happy to see that Roger Ebert made Duck Soup the top in the top fifty films of all time. Uh, I watched I had in my parents' old Quasar the, the <laughs> early version of the VHS with these huge, like you know, Bible sized tapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would watch that movie over and over and over and over again as a kid. And if you've never seen Duck Soup please do yourself a favor. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much you think you know or don't know about the Marx Brothers. Whatever you do, put it on your list. Watch Duck Soup, especially right now, at a time when we are at a difficult, difficult place of political... (sighs) Just... (laughs) just unrest words and, fail Words and, yeah fail. because this is the march brothers <laughs> piss take on politics and power structures and whether you're a republican or a democrat or anything it is worth watching it because it helps you realize we take ourselves way too seriously sometimes when i first went to hollywood i when you hit that
1: place of stardom you know that you're at you get to meet everybody that's the coolest thing, is you get to meet Sinatra and the Beatles and Elvis and everybody. And I always felt much closer to Jack Benny, to George Burns, to Fred Astaire, to Mae West, to Groucho Marx. They were the ones I wanted to meet. Me too. Because they were the old pros. And the, what we had in common, my show is vaudeville. My show is a rock vaudeville. Yeah. so Groucho would come to see the show and he'd go oh it's vaudeville and they'd bring Jack he'd bring he'd bring George Burns and George Burns would go hey Alice 1937 he says uh, you know Gracie and I played a guy did a guillotine like that and you know and you'd sit there and go this is great
0: that's actually a good impression of George Burns <laughs> well it was
1: true but they then George Burns would bring Mae West and Mae West would actually can say, why don't you come up to my trailer? You know, And I went, because you're 86 years old and you may not be a woman. And she goes, oh, I'm all woman. But they were great, though. They were, and they weren't shocked by anything I did. You know, this is back when Shock Rock was a big deal. Right. I, my show was, was scary, funny, vaudeville. wasn't wasn't a lot of laser beams and things like that. It was all on stage. I wanted the character to drive the show. So everything was very personal. But it was, anytime Alice would get really too scary, I'd make sure he slipped on a banana peel, just to make sure there was some slapstick in there also. Really, like, like, like what? Well, I mean, it would be like, you could get, you could get the audience really involved in, in shock rock. I mean, they'd go, what's he gonna do now? What's he gonna do now? As soon as it got to that one point of just, you do something stupid. You know, you do, do a Clouseau move. You know, right. that makes it gives everybody a little bit, oh, okay. And then you build it again. <laughs> right, comic relief. Exactly. You have to have com. If horror and comedy are so close to being in bed together,
0: you know. what, what are some of the, the, the things that you would do to provide comic relief?
1: Well, I mean, if you're. Okay. They put me in the guillotine.
0: Yeah. The head
1: comes off. Right. Lops off. Blood squirts everywhere. <laughs> okay. And everybody's like, you have to remember, this is 19. 19- 72 uh, and people were not used to this at all and the guy takes the head out and it looks, it's me and he goes like this, and he looks at it and it spits blood in his face we had a device that would, another, he's not done yet right, right, right everybody would burst out laughing because they were not expecting that you find those little funny moments to give everybody that little relief you know because you just shocked them
2: you can't just leave them there, you have to Finish it, you know. The, the blood has to spit out of the severed head in the guy's face because,
0: <laughs> yeah, they want it. They want it. Yeah, Because <laughs> he's not done yet. You know, yeah. like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta end with a laugh. Yeah. Oh, the lightness. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll hit you with one last question, and I'll let you be. Um, what's your favorite Groucho story? Oh, I, for, just from me.
1: Okay. Um, Groucho invites me over one day. Well, first of all. He couldn't sleep at night, he was an insomniac. And his derby on in his cigar, and he'd say, two in the morning, Alice, come on over, I can't sleep. Okay, my 18 year old wife, I'd say, honey, I gotta go over to see Groucho, okay, go. And I'd, his bed would be laying there, and then he'd have his chair next to the bed, and a six pack of Budweiser, because okay. that's what I drank. And we would sit and watch movies. He had TV up there, and he'd sit and watching movies. You know, and he this guy would ride up on the horse, you know, white on like this, and the white guns and everything, and he'd say, "See that guy?" I go, "Yeah." And he says, "Gay." I go, "No, he wasn't." You never knew if he was serious or not. He say, "You see that girl there in the chorus line? Yeah, the nun. Yeah, yeah, Chico and Harpo nailed her."
2: <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I mean. It, is, it doesn't even matter what the context is. Just, you know, Chico and Marco nailed her. It's just, it's just funny all by itself. And
1: after a while, I'd look over and he'd be asleep. then I'd take a cigar, put it out, and I'd leave. Next night, Alice, can't sleep. Come on over. <laughs> it's happened like all the time. My wife was going, Are you ever. And I said, It's Groucho. What are you going to do? You know, I'm this guy he invites me over one time oh and if you had dinner at his house you had to perform Marvin Hamlish was always over there and if you had dinner there if you were a singer you had to dance if you were a comedian you had to do dramatic you know (laughs) but everybody had to perform after dinner around the piano and it was really really cool you know because you couldn't do what you were comfortable doing What did he make you do? Oh, with me, it was sort of like I was a singer, so I had to either tell jokes or I had to dance or something. But and nobody cared how good it was. But you could not do what you were comfortable with.
0: What's the? What was the most successful bit that anybody did at that moment?
1: My manager, who was you know probably the greatest manager of all time, Shep Gordon. Fifty-one years I've been with Shep, and without a contract. No contract at all. Uh, he's so good that Mike Myers did a, a documentary of his called Supermensch. And And you can look it up and see what Shep's background is. And uh, Shep would get up and read contracts. <laughs> but while well, he was reading them, you know, Marvin Hamish was playing dramatic music, you know. And <laughs> it's very funny stuff. And then Groucho would, of course, comment on each thing that was going on.
0: I mean, you couldn't buy that stuff. it was so good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk yeah. to me. I really appreciate it. it was a real pleasure meeting you. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd walk in a room and and be introduced to Alice cooper but uh, uh, my, my and I will tell you that several of my family members are very jealous, uh. especially my aunt, who introduced me to your work when I was about eight years old and utterly blew my mind so wide you, open. You turned out fine. <laughs> don't be so sure about no, that. Minute. jury's out on that thanks thank you thank Thank you you so much for doing that Alice Cooper and Groucho Marx you could not make that up no I
2: never would have made it up but as soon as he put two and two together something it it did click for some reason I thought for some reason like I never would have thought of that but when I hear the two things together I'm like
0: Oh, yeah. Especially when he when he pointed out that his show is nothing but rock and roll vaudeville.
2: Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. that,
0: that makes so much sense.
2: And and the fact that Marx was subversive. Yes. You know? Very and could, much. In a way that was sneaky, in a way that he could, he could sneak into the room and plant a sort of conceptual bomb and then leave before it went off. <laughs> And, and leave it to detonate in your head later. Yeah, you know? he was
0: so fast. Mm-hmm. And it, his humor, even his one-liners. in Duck Soup, the opening scene, is a classic example. Half those jokes, you laugh at them like three or four seconds later because they come at you so fast mm-hmm. that it takes you that amount of time to figure it out. And you'll find yourself having to, to try and shut yourself up from laughing so that you can hear the next one that's about to come. It, it, His his speed was legendary
2: in that business, and it's no no surprise then to hear that he had insomnia. No, yeah, Yeah. you know, a a, a brain that won't stop, you know, that's running at lightning speed all the time. I know for some reason there was a moment there that kind of, um, and I don't know, made me. That was very sweet. The Alice Cooper leaving. Groucho Marks' house after Marx has you know, gone to sleep because Marx is eighty what? Eighty-five or something? And has to put out his cigar. Mm, yeah. You know? Um, first of all, he's eighty-five, he's still smoking a cigar, <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> and that is Alice Cooper. is the guy that has to like tiptoe out of Groucho Marx's room, like Shh. Put
0: out a cigar. Tiptoe out of the room. <laughs> That's when you know you made it. It is. When you're getting tucked in by Alice fucking <laughs> Cooper. Exactly. I, I don't know.
2: It, back then, I think, the you know, he, he, he's referring to Marx and uh, George Burns and those guys. It reminds me of how we regard priests mm-hmm. as like, oh, don't say anything Wrong or dirty around the priest because they're priest. Like, what do you think they do for a living? You know, like they've heard it all before, mm-hmm. and they are kind of tired of people sort of editing themselves and behaving like their children all the time. Like when you are, when you have a mind that's as fast as uh, as as Marx or George Burns and you've been around that long and you've got a brain that just naturally wants to kick at boundaries and kick at social norms and stuff all the time. They had not exactly that, but they had thought of outrageous things that they wouldn't actually probably do because it just wasn't part of their persona. But to see someone else do it, I'm sure they were happy to see like, Oh, there's someone exploring that territory over there that we may have, you know, Bantered about once upon a time, but this guy is going full bore <laughs> into, yeah. into this region, and they, they probably couldn't have been happier. Of course, they weren't shocked by it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's it's also amazing to think that yeah, of course, they see they're magicians themselves, so they see the facade, they see the strings, they see the trap door the dove goes into. They see that this is a show. But people that don't have that experience, like the MPs that tried to ban Alice Cooper, Mm -hmm. when they don't have, they're not able to peek behind the curtain or understand how these things are done, they're honestly troubled by what they're seeing on stage. Mm -hmm. Even though they claim to know that it's a fake beheading, they can't help themselves but be horrified by it to the point of action.
2: Um, Would it be too much to ask you to go into your. Thoughts on evangelical uh, types who have no sense of metaphor—that everything is literal—so that there's.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that, I thought that's where you were going with that. No, no, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly how I put it, but um, when you relegate yourself to determining uh, that everything. Is is literal, and you're unable to understand first of all that Jesus taught in parables, mm-hmm. and that these are metaphors that have a larger purpose. Mm-hmm. Then I can't remember the conclusion I came to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, it, well, it, it wasn't, well, it wasn't wasn't a conclusion as it was an observation about. You know, for the people that take the Bible literally, yeah. or, or any story literally, it's not the Bible, any 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 story, you know, where they say forty days and forty nights, or two of every kind, and blah 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 blah, and you say that's exactly what happened, and without this sort of filter of like, well, that might be a turn of phrase, that might mm-hmm. be. Um, a way to dramatize a larger story
0: oh yeah of, of course they're gonna get offended by things like movies and music mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, yeah, not, yeah and not be able to look at Alice
2: Cooper's show and go that's a guy telling a story there's layers and layers and layers there right. of of illusion right uh, and dece- and purposeful deception and here's the other thing they also don't recognize I think their audience for someone like Alice Cooper uh, also understands that this is metaphor also understand that this is a show it's the people that get upset and the people that get offended are the ones that take it literally and assume that the audience is seeing it the same way. Like, look how excited they are by his simulated look the way he's licking that snake on stage. It's (laughs) sexual and it's turning the audience on. (laughs) Like, no, it's not. (laughs) They think it's funny, they think it's cool. Yeah. They're enjoying it. But I do have a I do worry about you though, sir. (laughs) That you apparently you part of you does find that sexually (laughs) arousing. (laughs) <laughs> because for them it's a real thing it's an yeah. it's an immediate like there's, it's a one to one ratio right like there's no translation they see it, they believe it and that's all it is because the idea of a thing becomes the thing itself that's literal mm-hmm. so when you see a simulated beheading, the disgust is real and they don't have that uh, distance of... Oh well this is this is a theater piece and you you know it could be funny it could be satire it could be about it can be about something else other than let's all celebrate violence mm-hmm. which is what they're afraid it is
0: but yeah to think that we started this conversation with the phrase Alice Cooper and George Burns you couldn't make that up mm-hmm. now it actually makes a hell of a lot more sense when it's just two showmen Mm-hmm. One older, one younger, sharing, you know, their love for movies and just being goofballs. Mm-hmm.
2: And and I, I can't get past the fact that these are two of the smarter people to ever work in that business. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people that under that have that are working in the realm of ideas first. And then one of them is doing kind of a horror show out of it, and the other one is, I don't know. Marx was so versatile, I don't know what to call what he was doing, because he also had that astonishing. Uh, Did you ever watch uh, the original, his talk show? Oh, You Bet Your Life. Right. You Bet Your Life. That was where um, You Bet Your Life, where he... You Bet Your Life, where he... (laughs) Uh, the original You Bet Your Life where you really saw his wit and speed on display it was it was like a it was like a car horn (laughs) (laughs) I quit (laughs) I think we got it yeah
0: well is produced recorded and edited by brandon edgens and myself anson mount theme music by jonathan myberg we'd again like to thank alice cooper and the philadelphia comic-con and thanks to you for listening make sure to subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts have a great week everyone